Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. Once again, you've reached episode number 271, entitled... How do we structure our clients' websites? It was published on Thursday, the 24th of March, 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and I'll be joined in just a few minutes by my good friend, David Wormsley, so that we can have our chat. Just so that you know, we do vary the content that we produce on WP Builds. We've got really two main types. We've got the podcast, which we are putting out every Thursday. That's actually what you're listening to now. But it, in turn, is divided up into two main types. We have interviews every two weeks. And then between those interviews, I have a chat with my friend David Wormsley, as I just mentioned. So next week, you'll find an interview, and that's usually to do with some kind of WordPress product, perhaps a theme or a service on offer in the WordPress space. So the content varies a little bit. And then every single Monday at 2 p.m. UK time, we have our This Week in WordPress show. It's a live show and we have two or three guests from the WordPress community. And you can come and make comments and hopefully get yourself involved in that show. That can be found at wpbuilds.com forward slash live. And then we repurpose that and put it out as a podcast episode every Tuesday morning. Now, if any of that interests you, the way that you can keep updated is to go to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. That's wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe and sign up to our newsletter and we will keep you notified when that happens. Another page you might like to visit is wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. It's a little bit like Black Friday, but every day of the week, WordPress products, themes, blocks, and all sorts of different things with significant coupon codes. Like I say, it's there all the time. wpbuilds.com forward slash deals if you want to make use of that. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by Cloudways. Cloudways provides the ultimate managed WordPress and WooCommerce hosting solutions. Easy setup allows you to get started in minutes. Focus on your business and say goodbye to hassles. Get started with their free three-day trial to enjoy unmatched performance, superb uptime, and 24-7 active support. You can find out more at cloudways.com. And we do thank Cloudways for helping us to keep the WP Builds podcast going. Okay, what are we talking about this week? Well, it's episode number 271, How Do We Structure Our Clients' Websites? We're going through this process of relearning everything from the start. We're calling it the WordPress Business Bootcamp. And today we're trying to figure out what is it that we actually need to have on a web page right at the beginning? This is a new client. Perhaps they've got limited budget. We need to think about what's going to be the most effective way to spend that budget. Do we need a certain arrangement of pages, a contact page and about us page? Do we need a landing page? Do we need email sign-up forms? What is it that we need? What kind of things are on offer? What does the industry that our client is in require? And so on and so forth. I hope that you enjoy the podcast. 
Welcome to another in the Business Bootcamp series where we relearn everything we know about building WordPress sites and running a web design business from start to finish. We're on season two and we're looking at the design process and today we're going to be discussing how do we structure our clients' websites. So Nathan and I are taking different approaches to get our new business running and our first client site built. She's a lawyer with no previous site and she's called Miss A. Nathan, shall we just quickly recap? Yeah, for those of you that haven't been listening to previous episodes, I'm working on the the more tried and trusted decades old principle of the waterfall where everything is kind of done in advance. You discuss with the client what you want, you get a proposal out and a contract signed and then discussions about how things may look and so on and possibly a graphic designer and then it's all taken and then I just clear off and build the site and hand it over and everybody's happy. That's my approach. <laughs> and I'm taking it the agile approach where it assumes that no one's really happy with that approach and it's all about kind of building well it's it's about not setting uh, the the actual design ahead of time mm -hmm. and letting a process get us to what is needed yeah so you, you it's iterate kind of through approach. it with the client and it's a yeah. more of an organic developing strategy as opposed to top down yeah it yeah so, well, I mean, we covered that so much before, so we'll try and, in, in a way, this doesn't really so much come into this. It doesn't matter, I guess, which route you're going, although I guess what I'm talking about here particularly is, is favoring the kind of more agile approach, but structuring sites, we're talking about pages and how we put the content on the pages. And I think it's fair to say that we can only scratch the surface with this one. Yeah, the it's interesting because we had a we had a fairly lengthy discussion, as we always do before we hit record. We're often on the phone for an hour or more dis discussing what we're going to discuss. Do you know what? Sometimes, David, I think those discussions are better than the, <laughs> the actual podcast that we put out. Yeah. But that's yeah. not really the point. And it was it did occur to me as we were having those conversations this morning that, yeah, the the agile versus waterfall thing doesn't really matter quite so much as it has done in the past. But nevertheless, we're talking about the what we put on the website, what the structure is like and so on. So do you want to kick us off what the problem is? Yeah. Yeah. So I think we've got our lawyer and we know that she's in a big city and we probably would think initially that she just needs a simple brochure site, but we'll explore this a little bit. But our I kind of so maybe we've got a few assumptions that it'd just be the standard brochure site with the home and about services contact page and that. But much has changed really, I think, in the industry. And we've become more data driven. We've become more well, UX plays a bigger role, at least in higher level sites. So whether we want to be really introducing some of these kind of concepts. So things have changed over the time. And we've got a list of things that perhaps weren't around when you and I were starting with our first web designs. We've got, uh, I'll start us off with the lead magnets and marketing funnels. That's a fairly newish kind of thing Yep. in marketing. We've got a lot of retargeting going on. So um, we're probably setting up our website. So to exclude them from retargeting, we might need a thank you page. So we, we've got a little bit of a funnel, even in our basic site, which we wouldn't have had. Um, we've got more conversion focused landing pages. So we're now often assuming that we're going to be sending traffic to one particular page, which might be of interest. So in the case of our lawyer, perhaps there might be one particular service that she does. 
And you might want to, in some of your marketing, maybe Google ads to just send people directly to that page and have everything that the visitor needs to know to be able to take a call to action is on that page. I think that's a, a definite change, don't you think? Yeah, there's. you're right. There's Yeah, there's quite a few things that certainly when I started, the, the brochure site was literally it. Yeah. You know, it may have been that as opposed to writing it in HTML, you would use some sort of templating structure, PHP template mm. files and so on. But basically you, you ended up with the exact same thing. It was a static website of three or four pages with, and a contact form was about as clever as it got, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. But now, as you described since then, did you go through the list of five? Did you get all five? No, I didn't. Okay. We've got personalized content, which uh, is an option for us. That's a new trend. And we've, I guess we've got a general move towards content marketing as an online marketing approach. Yeah. The thing that the interesting thing and where the two models do diverge, my waterfall mm. model kind of means that I either have to educate the client on this in advance and say, look, if you're going to, if you want these kind of things and here's the reasons why you may want them, then mm. we can add those in, but we'll have to, we'll have to figure that out before we start. Whereas your approach, you could completely leave that off the table, just get mm. the basic structure built in and then go back and sort of say, on a much more iterative level, okay, what about this? Or what about this? It's much more of an a la carte approach to it. Both can ultimately have them, but it's just a different case of doing it at the beginning. I feel that with our client, Miss A, by the way, we never did talk about kind of how old mm. she is. And some of the things may be of interest later, especially around social media and where they spend their time and what they view as important online. Yeah. The... The age may have some sort of bearing on it. I feel that literally all of those things would be desirable to have, but depending yeah. upon Miss A's budget and where she spent her time online and whether she views it as a marketing tool or just something you know to have online because it's nice to have a website, some of those things may, may be a stretch too far and there'd be a lot of explaining to be done about how all of them work. And that would there would be quite a, a hill, I think, to overcome. Certainly, the lawyer yeah. clients that I've have in, had in the past, very traditional, um, just wanted a brochure site. Contact form was important, but what they really yeah. wanted was the phone to ring. So the website website really was a conduit to make the phone ring, and yeah. and so all the other things, the the lead magnets probably would have fallen by the wayside. Personalized content probably yeah. would have fallen by the wayside. But I can think of things like. Uh, retargeting well maybe that would be important because that really may help their conversions and get the phone to ring more but uh, there would definitely be a job of trying to sell them on all of this in advance and so I would have to know and be on my a game uh, what these mm. things are and how they were and I think when we were talking before you mentioned a few times where you you had felt that you didn't do justice to explaining them to clients and so it didn't yeah. kind of work out yeah, I think that, I mean, we've talked about these kind of things before. We said, that, you know, often not for our clients. And as I am literally, you know, this series about relearning, but I am actually trying to kind of rebuild what I'm going to be doing for the future. I've come to a sort of conclusion, although this stuff is overwhelming, actually, to me to try and learn all this stuff. It's certainly overwhelming to get over to a client why they might want to do it. And um, but I think I think going forward, we'll have to because at the top level websites, 
all of this stuff's really important. And the whole thing of moving towards UX as being the thing and the the website itself only being the tip of that UX iceberg. I think eventually it's going to be the only way at some point of being able to distinguish ourselves in our offering from people who can now just knock up a site with a page builder and templates and, and WordPress is becoming that itself. So in order to justify our existence as web designers, I think we have to get more into that kind of greater pool of UX stuff and start more at the beginning. But you're right, you know, for most people, they're going to come, for, they're going to ask for a website and you're going to deliver them a website and they're going to be happy with that because that's what they asked for. I'm, they're going to turn up with me and I'm going to talk about all of this stuff and they're just going to go, can I get, can, can you give me Nathan's number, please? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. So a couple of things from that. The first thing is whether Miss A sees a lot of this as snake oil in the same yes. way that if you go into a shop and you just want to buy this one thing and all of a sudden you feel like you're under pressure to buy the insurance that goes with it and the widget which attaches to it to do all yes. these other things. You feel like, actually, no, I want a website. You know, all of this stuff is just a way to siphon money out of me. That There may be that. I think that's totally plausible that the, the client could regard this as well, this is nonsense and it's stuff that I don't need to be concerned about. Of course, you and I, and probably everybody listening to this podcast, realizes there is value in all of this if it's done right. But I think yeah. the job of persuading Miss A in this case is going to be really difficult. And the other thing is time. The amount yeah. of time it takes to um, to explain all of this. And I'm sure you've had the same experience. There are some clients who seem to have an endless amount of time to talk to you. <laughs> you know, it's almost like, do they actually work? You know, they're yeah. quite willing to spend hours on the phone to me. And, it, and it, I'm almost finding it difficult to end the phone call or end the meeting. Mm. But I feel that there are some industries, and particularly lawyers, at least in the United Kingdom, they always seem to be incredibly busy. And yeah. getting Madame A, Miss A, to have yeah. the hours that it would take, it may be a step too far. G genuinely, it may be a step too far. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, have you got another couple of hours where we could go through? Well, actually, no. I've got a whole yeah. bunch of meetings. And in the time that it will take you to explain it, I've lost 500 pounds or whatever it might be. So I, I, I do think there's obstacles there. I put out a kind of structure, which is not dissimilar from how a recent clients come with a local website, which could be similar to Miss A. So, I mean, let, let's assume the site we assume it's going to be simple and we haven't bombarded the client with all this stuff. I mean, you know, it's local, so we'll probably tell her to set up Google My Business and maybe just consider making sure she boosts her position there by getting the link so she can invite people to give reviews. But then if we've done the thing that I'm always keen to do now, and even more so because I'm really into this kind of data-driven approach, um, do some basic keyword and competitive research. If we do that, we could discover something that we didn't expect, like there's a searches for divorce lawyers is really high and the competition for it is quite low. And it's not a Google trend. It's not a result of people splitting up over COVID and being together. So, you know, if the client loves this work, it could turn out that we start to structure the site based on some data that isn't expensive and she didn't need to be involved in it. You know, you went and looked and said, okay, you know, look at the services you've got. It's interesting. You can compete for some of these and look, your, your competitors, they don't even know about it. They're just putting it under this general kind of, you know, services we have, there's really nothing optimized for it. 
that that could lead them to see because they're new, aren't they? They've got to compete with people with sites that have been online, you know, for much longer time. Yeah. So, are, are you suggesting that you you might do a little bit of that, just a, a small amount, just to give you some beachhead yeah. from which to talk? You would do yes. that perhaps without even consulting them about the fact that you were going to do it. You, you know, you've, you've got enough information. They're a lawyer. They live in this city. Uh, let's find out what people are looking for when they're looking for lawyers in this city. And you you begin that conversation with data in your back pocket already, as opposed to the conversation, which I've always had. I've never done it yeah. that way around, which is we should do some keyword research so that we can figure out what people yeah. are searching for. I do like that because... If you've got the right tools and right experience, I imagine you could probably get a lot of that done in just a matter of minutes. I think so. I mean, people don't book me for a few hours to do the keyword research. I've, I've now, from something that I used to sort of say, I think we should do this, to now saying, you know, why don't we just start this, you, particularly with a new site, just say, you know, your competitors have got years ahead, so it gives them an advantage on search. And assuming that search is, you know, um, the key way to be going on the website is let's just spend this time here because it will tell us it might give us some real clues about where we should just focus and how we'll build the website and i think if you put that over without them having to know anything and can justify it and say look look here's a list and you can see here that certain things are hard to rank for and that your competitors haven't you know really taken up this opportunity i think we should maybe structure it that way and put a bit of an emphasis on divorce Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So keyword research kind of stands alone. You know, you had five points earlier. You had lead magnets and marketing funnels, retargeting, conversion-focused landing pages, personalized content, and content marketing. The but SEO keyword research kind of is a is a different beast. Doing that seems like a no-brainer, almost like a a default. You, You should do some of that. In terms of those five, what would be the one? that you would pick out for Miss A of as the, the one that you might suggest, even if time were limited and budget was limited? I think I would probably go for retargeting, I think. Ah, interesting. I don't know, but I'm going to kind of answer that question because I've put some points in about where this... <laughs> this design might go. So if we did get that, we've convinced her. So we're going to have a page now on divorce law. But... You know, this local site that was going to be the brochure site, what, what if she tells us next um, that, well, I, I divorce law is what I do. Actually, I do a lot of the work for that, you know, online. They just need to send me stuff. I don't need to meet people. Suddenly her website stops being this local site. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it starts to become international, of which it, it could potentially then be worth competing for that. Um, and of which... Then we just think, start to think. Well, you know, maybe we need to put some content up. Is the you know, can you write on something like this, and we can put this in blogs? Do you know that that is the moment where you potentially change that person's life because yeah. they they probably have only the expect. I say probably, I have no idea, but let's imagine in the case of Miss A, there's probably yeah. an expectation that the, the the business world for her is bound by geography where yes. where clients can get to her from a reasonable distance you know so it's going yeah. to be people within let's say 25 miles and depending on where she lives that might be a huge pool it might not be but if you can suddenly open up the the whole of the UK and I'm guessing in the case of a lawyer in the UK that's probably the boundaries because the the law changes as soon as you step outside of 
the jurisdiction yeah. of the United Kingdom, but you've made the whole of the United Kingdom available as possible yeah. clients. And that that's utterly revolutionary. So that conversation, yeah. you're almost compelled to have it, aren't you, really? And your knowledge has just transformed the scope of what she could do. Yeah, I, I think I mean I think there's going to be more of that. And you know, people have learned certainly over this COVID period to do more online work with perhaps what were just their local customers. But suddenly, when you realise you're you wanted to find your presence is going online and you're creating something, well, why not just start it off with that in mind? You know, you'll get your business from anywhere if you can do it from yes. anywhere. <laughs> yeah, and I guess lawyers is a perfect example. You know, if you're a I don't know a takeaway restaurant or something, then the, the boundaries of the geography are always going to be a problem. But in this yeah. case, that feels like a really revolutionary conversation to have. I feel I've had those similar conversations before. And certainly mm. in my case, they've always turned out to be fruitless. You know, the, <laughs> the, the, the limits of that person's comfort has always overridden their desire to sort of go global. It's like, look, can we just start with this basic thing, please, and we'll we'll see how we go. I'm I'm busy enough already, kind of yeah. mentality, you know. So it may be a maybe a conversation to have, but it may not turn out in the in the sort of the fanfare that we've just described. No, and I, you know, I've not got this right. I mean, a couple of last clients have been quite interesting because I've kind of put these concepts to them, and they I think they're quite ambitious in what they want to do and they're okay they're, they they like the idea even if they won't find the time but they might find the money for you to go and try and put some of these articles together particularly if you know which keywords you're going for so i found that where previously i've failed completely failed to get over what i'm trying to do with them with this marketing and you know it's complete <laughs> i'm okay when i'm talking to them they understand but a lot of this online stuff this if you like reverse of traditional marketing that we get with online is just too difficult for people who are just busy in their work to get as soon as you've stopped talking there's a whole century of mass media marketing which is going to overtake anything you might have said yeah it's interesting even going back decades which in yeah. internet terms is, is a really long time let's go back 10 yeah. years i remember reading posts in even in things like .NET magazine, where yeah. people were describing that moment where a complete stranger had bought something yeah. of theirs offline with no yeah. knowledge of who they were and no real insight, apart from the marketing jargon, of what was contained in their course, for example. And that yeah. sudden realization that, oh, wow, this could be huge. And I think I think it would be really difficult to get miss a over that barrier but i think yeah. if you could somehow track one conversion that yeah. that they sh that they had no business getting in terms of the geography and their expectations yeah. from that geography then yeah. the gates would flood open i'm sure because suddenly you realize boy the uk wow okay or america or wherever you happen to be yeah. I mean, I think, you you know, with anything like this, particularly if you like us, usually local customers using, not you know, smallish budgets, it's hard to move somebody. But I think that a, a simple bit of quick keyword research, if they buy into it, could lead it and it could lead how you structure your pages and decide whether you might at least have attempt to have a blog in. So some of your page structures sorted. Shall we? Shall we move on to some of the kind of more? Yeah, they're not the issues of what goes on the we, page. 
Yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, navigation, that's probably changed over the years. It's probably that still remains the most important thing of a site. If they can't navigate their way around it, then it's a bit of a fail. So we've got our lawyer. So what format do you think we should be doing for our, our kind of navigation? Well, it was interesting because in our conversation before, we both had a sort of fairly, yeah. fairly standard <laughs> template for this. And that was essentially logo left navigation right probably very conservative minimal range of crazy stuff happening on the page but basically yeah. that you know you've got the home that the logo which is a link back to the home page and then a contact us page and about us and it's all linked in a menu and on mobile just the typical i don't know sort of drop down hamburger icon or a or a uh, off canvas menu which sweeps in just something yeah. really predictable nothing weird totally ordinary <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, because again, if we're data, the Nielsen Norman group do a lot on this kind of thing, navigation um, and and what works. And, you know, you go with the conventions, don't you, where you can, um, unless you need to be a bit wacky because that's your brand. It demands that you do it. So you would go, wouldn't you, logo left. And we were saying the same thing. We got it wrong, though, didn't we? We said we went to Starbucks to see. We was expecting a big center logo because yeah. they kind of fancy and trendy but we were wrong no it but... was logo far to the left and a small <laughs> logo at that to be honest i was quite surprised yeah. but but you're right i mean basically you're you're erring on the side of caution here aren't you everything's predictable yeah. normal i'm imagining we're choosing some sort of really bland serif style font just because yeah. it speaks of antiquity and trustworthiness and all of those kind of things yeah. but um yeah nothing weird minimal amount of pages on this brochure site Everything clearly labelled, nice, high contrast, easy to use navigation, nothing weird. Yeah, and yeah, well, probably. Now, one of the things we were talking about landing pages and stuff, I mean, I guess if I've managed to convince her to go um, this divorce thing, so she's got her own dedicated page, even if it's not in the top menu and it's just in her services for divorce, uh, the next question I'm going to ask me for conversion, particularly as she's new, and we might think about taking some Google ads out. And if we can make our page that we send it to more relevant, then we save on the budget, the cost per click. Would we be then thinking about structuring the pages for our services more like landing pages? So when a visitor comes, there is everything they need to know about that services to make a call to action so they, they know potentially the price if that's up there or is that how we might go about it because we wouldn't do would we on our traditional sites we'd be happy for people to click around and you know find the about us find yeah, the price separate i know what you mean yeah. it, they all the land the whole landing page thing always feels to me like a a scarcity driven um <laughs> yeah. you know promotional style thing where you it, at all costs you want people to stay on that page and therefore click through and I don't know, my gut is telling me, which based upon no data at all, that that feels yeah. like the wrong approach. But I could be completely wrong. You know, if the data shows something different and we can prove that lawyers with their highly converting pages have, have you know, for divorce or for conveyancing or whatever it might be, if, if that works, yes. But I don't know. It just feels to me as if that would be the wrong approach. The high pressure stuff feels like it ought to be a bit off the table but i i'm pretty sure that that's me and my proclivities there what do you think well i don't know i think there's an argument it's because there's still a big argument out there which you can kind of miss 
myth-bust, uh, sorry, <laughs> excuse me, you can myth-bust um, really this one, that that people look, um, the above-the-fold stuff is the most important thing because, of course, the above-the-fold is very difficult with all the different devices, but also that even I think they've done research, haven't they, that users will say they don't like to scroll. But in actual fact, what users say about what they want is not true about how mm. they behave. Mm. And it's how they're led on to scroll, which makes the, the difference. So users hate to scroll if they're filling in a form and the submit button is just off the screen. You know, <laughs> that's an, an annoyance, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if they're led through a story on them. So, I, yeah, I know what you're saying about landing pages, but I'm very keen on them. I'm very keen on the idea that you could potentially build your structure, your pages so you could advertise them independently, the services separate yes. to the main site and um, yeah, have it work. I know what you mean. I think in the back of my head is when you started talking about a page for divorce, I'm thinking at that point, and again, I think this yeah. is my personal proclivity, I'd want this to be the least stressful environment possible. And the idea of the endorphins being being squeezed with some sort of scarcity or, you know, click here now yeah. to receive great advice <laughs> about divorce. It just, it feels a bit... A bit the antithesis of what I would like to see. But yeah. again, you know, in the data-driven model, if that's working, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. You get into the whole concept of, you know, the dark patterns that you could put into play here and all of that kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah. My feeling is I would go in the opposite direction to you on that. Yeah, and I'm, my feeling is that I know exactly what you're saying. And I think that's tradition of landing pages and the big conversion experts are interested in that side. And it, But I don't think your content has to be like that. No, Why not? Just, no. If you can put a little about, a little Correct. A pricing, yeah. Yeah. a little contact in the same form, it's just convenient, assuming you believe that your people are going to scroll. Of course, you could test this out, couldn't you, mm. to see if people do actually scroll to the end. But in my experience, though, um, so far with just the few sites that I've been able to look a little bit at. When I've gone for a more landing page approach, we talked about that trailer site, you know what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. That's got quite a long landing page as a homepage. But absolutely, that is where they're not going to the contact page to fill in their details. They are going to the contact that's at the bottom of that page. And they have to scroll through a lot to get to it. And uh, it's not self-contained. I wouldn't say it's a landing page in quite in that way. But so it has led me a little bit more towards that, that approach rather than particularly with mobiles in mind. So the contact page, I think, is now difficult because more people are on their mobiles. And if you have to load another page, then there's some time and you might lose people before they get to that main call to action. Whereas if the contact is always maybe a pop-up or at the bottom of that particular page, it's loading in the background while they're getting ready to scroll their content. So that I think, you know, there's question mark over whether the traditional, you know, contact page needs to be there quite as much. Yeah, I guess we should also mention the fact that obviously we're talking about a lawyer here. So the whole contact, sorry, the whole yeah, landing yeah, page yeah. thing is, is really kind of interesting. It's thrown into doubt by the industry, which is a good thing to notice. Obviously, if you were selling uh, cheap plastic widgets, that might be like, hit them hard, you know, really go for the landing pages like crazy. Yeah. But I think you're right about the contact page. I think having on a, on a lawyer's website, having clear... Okay, so first of all, I imagine that the purpose of this website in many respects is to get the phone to ring. So having yeah. having the telephone number really visible, 
but also as a secondary piece, having that contact page, sorry, that contact form available on all different parts of the website everywhere, ubiquitously, that would be that would be a complete no-brainer. So it might be a sidebar or, as you said, some sort of modal pop-up which comes already loaded, ready to go as soon as you click contact us or interested in talking more, whatever it might be. I think that's yeah. a really good idea. I was saying to you earlier, I saw a really nice example, and I can't think what it was the other day, where I clicked on a contact us button. I was on my mobile phone, and a modal popped up, which consumed 98% of the screen. It was only the fact that there was a tiny board around the edge, which was grayed out, which made me think, oh, I haven't changed pages. And it was just brilliant. It was a you know click here the, to call us. So it was a phone number button. And then directly underneath that was the contact page. And it had everything right there, and I didn't have to think. And I did. I yeah. did exactly what I was supposed to do. I ended up clicking and phoning, and it was seamless and perfect. I think the phone number, I don't know, did we discuss this last time? I'm not sure. But uh, it's, again, it's a conversation with Miss A, because I think a lot of clients will just say they want the, the phone to ring, but a lot of them haven't even given it a thought to when their potential um, leads might be online and yeah. the telephone isn't then so important. And there is some advantage to the one uh, call to action button that says contact us and it leads you to the options for the phone, but has prominently the the email because if you've lost somebody, they don't leave a message, then you've lost them for good. If you've got the email, mm -hmm. you've got contact back. So, and also there are the other things which we might get onto which I mentioned earlier was the fact that another page that we probably always want these days is the thank you page because it is part of a small funnel in the site where I would have never thought that in the early sites I did. But now you need it, don't you, the thank you page. Once somebody submitted a form, you need the thank you page. If you decide to do the retargeting, you need to be able to find yep. a way to exclude them from getting the marketing. Yep. And also, usually that thank you page, you might want them to do something else, perhaps join your so you need to give them something else that they might be able to do next before you get to them. So, yeah, yeah, I take your point. I mean, it may not be that the phone is required to ring. It may be that you want them to fill out a form. But having yeah, all I, those options just needs a bit of careful thought, doesn't it? Which is which is the one which is working? Which is the one that you need to be working because you're actually asleep and there's nobody manning the phone or you're just not going to be manning the phone anyway because it's only you? And I imagine in the case of this lawyer... She's probably not yeah. going to be that available on the phone. So the contact form might take precedence and that conversation would need to be had. Are you actually going to answer the phone? Because if somebody <laughs> sure. rings and you don't pick it up, you've probably lost them forever as opposed to a contact form where they're probably expecting a 24-hour turnaround and you can deal with all of that when you've got a bit of downtime. Do you know what? I quite like, I like people filling in the forms because I, in my lazy way, I can very easily see whether the site's getting leads. But of course, if you're doing proper kind of Google analytics with this stuff, you're going to mark up that phone number. So if someone clicks it through the web, mm -hmm. you're going to see that an action has been taken. Yeah. So you'll, you can measure it, can't you? Yeah. Call to action. But yeah, yeah I've got a, I've got a real inkling to go to forms all the time. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it works, it works 24 seven, doesn't it? And yeah, yeah. maybe the personalization thing that we mentioned earlier is one of those five points right at the top. It may be that, you know, with WordPress plugins, uh, Logic Hop and If So and all of that kind of stuff, you can you could just swap out. The phone number just disappears after 5 p.m. on a Friday and doesn't come back again until 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. on a Monday. So there, there's options there to personalize it. In fact, I would totally recommend doing something like that to, based upon the needs. Mm, yeah.
We've got uh, there was a few other sort of questions here, things that I think have changed, you know, as we're relearning. So it used to I I was watching some courses actually, which were dating back to, well, going back. One of them was uh, 2016. Oh, the Middle That's Ages. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's not long ago, but there was some going further back. But this one particularly stood out um, because the, what I was noticing on a good design that they were showing um, was that there was links on the header there to their social networks. And that used to be really popular, didn't it, in your header oh, space? Yeah. Um, not so much now. <laughs> and... It, do you think that's uh, research has come on even in that kind of few years, really, so much so that we've because I think it has with blog posts as well, where we structure it there. I think they've moved out because we don't really want to distract and send people to the social networks. We want them to do the thing they came to the site for. Yeah. And our call to action. I guess yeah. it really depends upon who you are and what your company is. So I don't know if yeah. I'm if I'm a company that's selling surf gear and skateboards yeah. and things like that. It may be that. I'm going to drive so much traffic through my YouTube channel with the videos that I put together, you know, waxing yeah. down my surfboards and all of that. And, you know, that, that sort of content that I can create over there and the conversations that can happen. But I feel that for the lawyer, what possible yeah. thing yeah, can exactly. she do on social yeah. media, which is yeah. going to truly help her website? Now, obviously, there are exceptions, but it, you'd be pretty extraordinary to make that happen. So I think in this particular case, I, yeah. I would advise against it. I mean, maybe they're dead set on it and they're going to commit to tons of work on social media, but it feels in this case like folly. But it was just the thing, wasn't it? It was, yeah. there was no reason not to do it. We had no idea what social media was, but if you, if you get somebody on your website and you take them to Twitter, well, goodbye. You know, they're yeah. going to get lost in some nonsense that's got nothing to do with <laughs> with um, with what you want them to do, the conversion. But I'm sure that Twitter will gladly have them and probably figure out that they've come from a lawyer's website. So show them a bunch of lawyers' adverts. <laughs> yeah, exactly, to the competitor. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, that there's a lot of this happens and I'm guilty of it along with everybody else. But kind of the data-driven approach where you just think, oh, the the template that everybody seems to have used seems wrong for the configuration for what people are searching for. And I think this is another example of templates, which you know, you might find on template monster or theme forest or something. They look beautiful. They're designed by somebody, but they're sticking in content. So you look at it and you think, yeah, oh, that's a good place. Or you've bought it and it's already got a convenience. So you carry on with it. But yep. when you think about it, even if you are the type of marketing that you might get your leads through the social media, just having it up there with a symbol tells you nothing about what you're going to get if you click on it. And, and <laughs> do remember that the entire purpose of social media is to keep yeah. them on the social media. It is, yeah, it yeah. is not to help you. It yeah. is not to promote your business. I mean, obviously, if you're prepared to spend ads to get them, spend on ads to drive them back from Facebook to your website, then that's that's different. But you have lost them the second they stray onto social media. Caveats, obviously, not always the case. But increasingly, yeah. with the noise going on, it just seems like a, a fruitless thing to do. But it was, everything was going social. Almost to the point yeah. where websites were not needed anymore. You can have a Facebook page. It's fine. But now, yeah. of course, we've come full circle and people are seemingly 
in in small trickles getting themselves away from social media more and more so i would say don't put the social links in the in the header but it's still very popular isn't it i think to have interestingly i i think the same is true with stuff that's now become popular the the a very popular plugin come out where it will actually put your testimonials from your social, but I think they could connect, they could potentially connect you to where the source is and send you back to them. So I always wonder whether they're a good thing as well, but people do put their Twitter feeds in their sites or their Instagram feeds. Yeah, um, I guess, I guess there is a purpose to it, but my, my primary argument would be, look, the endeavor here is to get yeah. traffic to your website and yeah anything which is consuming people's time in the opposite direction is probably not something we want to do at the outset. No. Sure enough, if you've got a YouTube following of 20 million people or, you know, something probably yeah, yeah, slightly yeah. less is acceptable as well, um, maybe there's probably benefit in that. But yeah. in the case of a lawyer, perhaps not. No. There was an interesting thing, actually. I just remembered it on, I said about pop-up forms or having the forms on the kind of landing page, but I think some research that was done on the effectiveness of that pop-up form. So there's a theory behind it. You know, the in lizard brain, you click on a button because it's nice and shiny and it pops up with the form. So you've half committed to so fill in the form. Whereas if you see the form, it looks like hard work and you skip it. So it increases. But apparently research done later on that showed that with certain occupations that didn't work, lawyers were one of those or governments they it looks more it's too i go catchy if you like to have the kind of pop-ups they would expect to see a form because they're kind of established institutions so it's interesting how it goes into reverse do you use any of the built-in browser functionality to pre-fill forms yeah you see i don't every single form that i go to i have to manually fill in the only exception oh. to that is uh login details with LastPass, so they get Pre-populated. If I click the button, mm, yeah. But I don't have it. Okay, hit name, surname, fill that out, please. Address, fill that out. Credit card, fill that out. Blah blah blah. Um, yeah, I just wondered because obviously, if you're if you've if you've enabled that feature, the forms are just potentially already filled out on the page already, and all you need to do is click submit. If yeah. there's no message field required. Yeah, that's true. Uh, in fact, in my case, it's a bit of an inconvenience. Often it's usually filling it in with the details I don't want. And, you know, so it seems to make more work for me. Did, but yeah, did, you're did right. You ever, yes. Did you ever accidentally get, accidentally on purpose, get email from a form that had consumed your email address even if you hadn't clicked submit? Oh, no. Have you had that happen? No, no, because I don't, oh, I don't no, have them no. okay. pre-filled. I have to make the mental effort oh, yeah, to do so, it. But oh yeah, but I went to a website the other day to buy something, and yeah. I didn't commit. I just filled out my email address, and then I got distracted. Had every intention, yeah. but I clicked no buttons. And about an hour later, I got the "There's something in your wow. cart" message. Wow! So that that had definitely happened in that case, and I, I you know, it didn't really bother me because I'm not going to go back and. Um, buy it or maybe I am but the, the point is I'm aware of the decision that needs to be made there but I did think I didn't commit to anything there did I, I simply typed it in so anyway just a totally tangential 
conversation. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's quite interesting, particularly as we're keeping our lawyer in mind. We can't do any kind of dodgy stuff oh, or no, any quirky not stuff Lord, with her. No, <laughs> no uh, so we, you know, same as landing pages, why you felt that was wrong. I was keen on the idea that you could have one page, but anything salesy that, because you've got to establish that these are professionals, haven't you? And yeah. anything that kind of yeah. salesy. Yeah, and, and ultimately somebody that. that can be trusted with possibly your deepest, darkest secrets. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the idea of see- seeming a bit like a, forgive me, second-hand car salesman yeah. is is just totally verboten. So yeah. anyway, th- there's social links dealt with. Where are we going next? Um, blog. Well, blogs used to go as well. If you mm. did, if I convinced her to do a blog, used to put that in the main header. Now they seem to have gone in the footer because I think most people have realized that people who read blogs have come in through search and it's just one more distraction away from what, the actual visitors you want yeah i, I mean you know, certainly if you're starting out it uh, and yeah. a blog which is piecemeal half done with content yeah. from ages ago just looks worse but if you obviously if you've, <laughs> yeah. you've arranged it so that the dates don't appear that's fine but um yeah I, I don't feel that stuff belongs at the top of the website no. unless unless you are a, a total authority and that blog is your thing you know it's clear that that's an important part of the business in our case if Miss A does write some blog posts, which I think is a really valuable thing to do, then yes, maybe start to feature it a bit more. But at the beginning, no, bury it. Rely on Google. Yeah, exactly. And I think we've thought about it in the same way that we might now try and think, you know, instead of <laughs> trying to put your apps from your social media into your site and send them to them, I think you think of the blog in the same way. It's really there to generate you traffic to bring them to your site. So it can be hidden. And on the actual blog posts themselves, there's some link back to relevant content that sells your services. Yeah. So I think I think it's it's those kind of things didn't you know we would have just stuck it in the header, wouldn't we, in the early days? And I think all of this data has kind of changed the way that we look at things. Um, yeah. And and that's changed our structure. But also you've mm. got you know you've got a real opportunity right at the beginning when we talked about SEOs, a real opportunity there to marry the two things together. Okay, here's your blog. We can totally prove that if you blog and you are thoughtful about it and you know what your keywords are, it will have an impact. Now, it might not be immediate and it might not be instant or very, very profitable, but it will make a difference. So I I think a blog for Miss A would be really, really useful. Yeah. Do you know, one other thing we could just quickly talk about, I didn't put this properly down in the notes, but on the the 2016 course that I was looking at, they were really going through the design process of something and they decided to put some of the content, I think thinking above the fold, they put it in a slider and we'll have this debate forever. This could be a whole episode, but it's interesting about tabbed contents and sliders thinking of SEO. Do we, as I'm doing on a recent site, I've suddenly decided it needed more, um, probably just for Google, but also for the visitor who might need more information on the same page, putting it in tabbed content. Um, have you any thoughts on this? I do, actually. And they, they're they largely encapsulated by the word accessibility, especially right. in terms of a lawyer. Um, you feel like the lawyer has the accessibility component of this website, perhaps more than in other cases. Obviously, the, the law says otherwise, but, you know, the industry is what it is. The The lawyer will need to be totally accessible you know that's the law right you've got to do certain things and i feel you'd have to make sure that was done really effectively so whether it was a slider or whether it was a um tabs or whatever you know they they need to be 
um, you need to with the keyboard you need to be able to tab to the right content and make your way through it effectively and so on and so forth my feeling is I don't know I feel that those days are gone a bit feels like the whole slider thing it's not yeah. not not something I would be pushing much anymore yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I can't imagine a situation where the lawyer would need a slider on that. I think sometimes it can be really effective. And, and most of the research that says sliders are bad are pretty much from uh, 2014 or something where they were pretty much just junk, not really helping a visitor to learn anything more about the site. I think they're much more interactive and can be clever now. But the, I think you're right, the accessibility there. Tabs are fine, aren't they? Because, yeah. I mean... Beaver Builder, I've noticed that it's made itself very accessible with any of their tab content. So now there is no, you're not supposed to remove the outline, are you? So it looks pretty ugly. People are saying, how do I get rid of this ugly outline? But it's actually for, you're not supposed to remove it. And I think, so I think that content's fine, but sliders, I can't imagine. She could have tabbed content that gave more information. Because I think when we're looking at a page, aren't we? Most of the time we're trying to make it, easily understandable for the skim reader with short on attention and maybe we not need to worry so much with the lawyer but there's still got to be an element of that and yeah. then we need to still have something for everybody who likes every bit of detail i think <laughs> honestly i think that that nowadays everybody is now programmed with the up down mentality like the finger yeah. you know it's just swipe up swipe down not yes, not left yes. and right it's just up and down and so anything which kind of it, interrupts that process is probably yes. not ideal and of course you know it's using up more space horizontally but it's still using up the same space at least they get to see it right away as opposed to a, a tab or a slider where it might be hidden for a portion of time i think you know that's what's really and we can we can only do our best guesses i mean i love this conversation because it's you know when you're thinking about how you might like, you know, there's, because there's pros and cons, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Anything you might do and trying to work out which is going to be the best. But, you know, in an ideal world, Miss A will just say, yeah, I've got a big budget. Why don't you just go and test all this stuff? Let's try it out. <laughs> Yay. I love Miss A. She's great. She's got loads of money and wants us to just <laughs> just try everything. Yeah. yeah. How are we doing? Are we, we nearly there? I, I think we've probably covered everything. We didn't do it in any order that we intended. No. But uh, yeah, I think we've covered it. Yeah. As I say, we're scratching the surface with this topic. We could go on forever. But, but... there's so much to talk about in terms of what you're going to lay out on the page. And, you know, oh, the, I, know. I, I think the key bits for me were the bits at the beginning. What do you offer as the different yeah. services? And you kind of work from there. In your model, you know, you can just iterate through all of that and keep coming back. I do think the bit that you mentioned about doing a sneaky bit of keyword research before the meeting i think that's gold i would have yeah. definitely benefited from that but um yeah let us know what you think in the comments or on the uh, yeah. the facebook group there we are driving traffic away from the website <laughs> <laughs> um okay. next next time we're going to be talking about copy okay that'll be fun coffee yeah. how delightful coffee oh no, copy oh dear i was gonna say <laughs> conversation about coffee sounds ideal all right we'll see you in a couple of weeks Okay, no. Okay, I hope that you enjoyed that episode. As always, very nice to chat to my friend David Wormsley about these things. Perhaps something in there triggered you in some way. Perhaps you disagree with us or strongly agree. You can make comments on the WP Builds website. Go there and search for episode number 271 and make a comment. Alternatively, go to wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook 
That's our Facebook group. And you could make a comment there. Or we're on Twitter, at WPBuilds. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by Cloudways. Cloudways provides the ultimate managed WordPress and WooCommerce hosting solutions. Easy setup allows you to get started in minutes. Focus on your business and say goodbye to hassles. Get started with their free three-day trial to enjoy unmatched performance, superb uptime, and 24-7 active support. You can find out more at cloudways.com. Com. And we do thank Cloudways for helping us keep the WP Builds podcast going. Okay, that's all we've got for this week. I hope that you feel like you want to join us next week. Next week, as I said, it'll be an interview. And don't forget, we've got our This Week in WordPress show every single Monday, 2 p.m. UK time, wpbuilds.com forward slash live. Come and join in the comments. Okay, here it comes. The typical cheesy music which we fade in at the end of each episode. I hope you have a safe week. Bye-bye for now.